Allow me to reintroduce myself. Now tuned into the greatest. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Supreme Decisions Legal Minute podcast. Well, today, you haven't heard from me in a little while, but today I'm going to do something a little bit different. And, you know, which Supreme is pretty much the norm on here, considering I'm not on here as often as I should be. But we're working on correcting that. But today I'm pretty much going to spend time having multiple discussions about multiple topics. And during these topics, I want to talk about things that I'm looking to do. I'm going to do some reflecting on where I've come from, where I'm at, where we're going as a community. And I'm going to actually start off with that because I've been looking at the videos that I've been placing on YouTube. And I'm looking at the fact that every week the revenue that's being generated by my videos is going further and further and further down. And while I actually enjoy doing this, while I started out doing this just, you know, basically just for the people because it was this is not my knowledge that's to be kept to myself. It wasn't the people's knowledge that I got it from for them to keep it which is why it's found in law libraries all across the country which is why whenever I give you things and we talk about the simple facts of it can be found on university campuses in their law libraries it can be found in courthouses these things that I'm giving you I want to give you the things that are substance but I'm also want to give you the things that will offer you an opportunity to win when you are doing something in this adversarial system. Now, that brings me to the first part. I'm actually looking to not only separate from YouTube, which I'll still be posting. I'll still post there as long as I can post. But I actually want to build a separate platform, a separate community where all of my videos will be barred from censorship, won't have to worry about the ad revenue police or whatever. <laughs> that's probably, that's more than likely just going after my videos because the things that I'm saying are not cohesive to the system of generating revenue against the people. Now, by doing so, I need you guys help. I need it a lot. And I'm going to do a do basically do another GoFundMe. I'm also going to do an Indigo funding. Because what I'm looking at is bigger than me. It's bigger than sitting outside and recording my first video in September of 2017. Because most people, you guys haven't been here for you know what two years now a little more than two years since the first video right now I have on YouTube more than 200 videos just for Supreme Decision um, I'm working directly with sponsors such as Amazon um, Rukatin I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that properly I'm working with several others and I'm trying to get their videos out, trying to do those things, but I still want to make sure I'm giving you guys timely information with substance. And I also want to give you, make sure I give you the 100 Days of Supreme because I've missed a day or two here and there because of, you know, traveling and not knowing the area I'm in and not having the connection I need and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm still pushing forward because this is bigger than me. So whenever you're looking at um, the donation links on my channel and it's like donate to keep the channel growing, I want you to think about something. Think about the first video. Think about how trashy that first video is. That welcome video is absolutely horrible. The sun is in the wrong place. The vocals are trash. And... The camera settings are ridiculously horrible. Now let's fast forward these two years. We're now filming in 4K. We have 
a GoPro Hero 7. We have multiple tripods, which offer multiple angles. We have audio software that actually enables me to sound better. We have people that are actually listening to the audio prior to it going out. And they're telling me, hey, you need to elevate this. You need to lower that. Why? Because you guys. You guys donating. And a lot of times I see people that start getting into these positions and they're getting money that's being donated and they're not using it to build their platform. They're not using it to give back to the people that's donating. But I understand why you're donating. That's why I had someone give me a mic. Because I always talk about you either part of the problem or you part of the solution. So if you have a complaint about something that I'm doing and you're not offering a solution for it with the ability to have it solved, then what's your purpose? Young man, he didn't want to give money, but he gave us a microphone. Appreciate that. Had another young lady. He's like, look, you're wobbling too much on your, on your video shoots. She sent me money for a tripod. I had other people complain like, hey, I'm tired of your advertisers through all your um, videos and all your podcasts. Send me $100. Guess what? Now, you guys are the advertisers. That's why my advertisers and sponsors, they have separate channels. I have separate things going on just for them. But it's you guys that are putting this together and keeping this together. And that's why I changed my ending from see you guys next time to let's keep going, let's keep growing because that's exactly what we're doing. Because I went from a 13-inch MacBook Pro to now I have the 13-inch Pro and a 15-inch MacBook Pro. I have a 12-inch iPad Pro with a pencil, which allowed me to offer better graphics. I have different plugins for Final Cut Pro, which allow me to add on to the things that I was doing to make sure you can read the text that I'm putting up. Also, it's easier for you to see and clarity behind it. Just as this mic is doing the exact same thing. And the reason I'm going through all this and kind of ranting and rambling today is because I'm thankful. I look at the first video and then I look at the videos now. I see the growth. I see the change. I see the maturity. I even watch how my mannerisms have changed on camera. I listen to how my voice has changed on podcasts. Because even the podcast started, I believe, at the beginning of this year tail end of last year beginning of this year is when it actually got serious because you guys were like hey this is what we're looking for and then that has grown to hey we want an hour okay well cool i can give you an hour now i'm working on that i'm working on being better at that because that's what you guys are asking for and guess what you guys are paying for that you're making sure that you have the voice that's necessary to be heard to be put out front and to you know what show appreciation because anytime you're looking at getting a higher education, which I feel that's what I'm doing, is offering you something that you didn't have because, yes, it's in books, but it's not in books that will be readily available to you. And a lot of times they allow stupid shit to be put up on the Internet that kind of misdirects you in where you're going, and that information is plentiful. But it amazes me the amount of people that come to me and say, you know what, I've been studying this for 10 years. You've given me cases I've never even heard of. I've been studying this for 15 years. You're giving me cases I've never heard of. Or you gave me a case and I didn't understand it applied that way. I've been applying it differently. And these are the things now you have not one or two things where you rest your hat on the Fourth Amendment violations with Terryville, Ohio. But now you've got 20 cases that go along with Terry v. Ohio. Why? Because it's situational. Because each one of those situations, while they fall under Terry v. Ohio, may not fall under your situation. And then we look at other things where I talk about interrogation techniques. But then I also show you that technique being perpetrated or illustrated or done or performed. Whatever colloquialism you want to add to it, that's what I'm showing you. 
I'm giving it to you in a simple, realistic form. And even this, it amazes me because I hate editing anything with my voice in it. Like six or seven minute videos, you will not believe how long it takes me to do that. Because I hate the sound of my voice, which is odd considering I don't shut up. I have a lot of issues with just being in control and just yapping. And even in this situation, I'm sitting up here and I'm, I'm kind of torn. Because one of the things I actually did to kind of make, make it easy for me to actually listen to me was I put music in the background. Because that's the one thing that keeps me constant. That constant beat, whatever. And everybody was like, look, that music is annoying. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear you. I don't want to hear the rest of that crap. And yeah, now y'all understand why I turn off a lot of stuff. Because, oh. And... The thing is, when I talk about cases, on the videos, I try not to give my opinion. I've done that a couple times, and yeah, I've been wrong both times. <laughs> and then the last one, I was actually able to catch it, because when I did the video, I hadn't edited it. And then whatever was supposed to happen in the video didn't happen, but there was a decision made, and you know, yeah, I, I was wrong. So I actually put that in the video because it's one of those things is why I don't do that. But I'll give you an opinion on here because I'll let you know it's my opinion. That's the way I think, feel, or believe. And even in that, I try to give you an opportunity to actually say something in return to it because I don't mind being wrong. It's cool. You know, we're all wrong. I wish I was perfect, you know, other than dangerously good looking. <laughs> but at the end of the day the whole thing that we're doing is something that's more than me and I've been even thinking of different show topics and even possibly like a sitcom or some type of legal inst and one of the things supreme decisions justice for all I'm not sure how I'm going to do that but it's something that I feel is necessary because I understand the way the mind works. I understand the way we learn. And we learn not only by hearing what you're doing right now, but we learn by seeing. And then we come cemented with it by actually applying or doing it. And one of the things I want to do, because I feel I've been doing a pretty good job of reinforcing it by putting certain things in certain colors when you're watching my videos i'm reinforcing a lot of what's being printed on the screen because i'm saying it as well so you get to hear it and see it in writing i also give you direction on where to search for and i also want to make sure those things are combined with your application that's why whenever I, I spoke about a couple weeks ago how a lot of people contact me and they're fighting their case and they're looking for direction or they're looking for just how I would handle a certain situation. I ask them, or I ask everybody the exact same question. I literally have a video that says, do this first. Have you done these things? 99% of the people tell me no. One person told me, yes, and I actually did that prior to your video. And I almost fell off my chair. Because that had been the first time I had heard that. But when you're talking about a collective and you're talking about doing things, understanding your way or the right way. And I'm actually going to speak to my married people real quick. Mostly married men. Because I was told a long time ago, you have two choices as a man in the house. You're either going to be right or you're going to be happy. And a lot of times, we do the stupid thing because we want to be right. I'm going to be right. I even had my brother run around the house one day. You know what? Today I'm going to be right. I'm going to be right. 
and he was miserable all day because he was right. When we're talking about this, my happiness is not found in being right. My happiness is found with making sure things are done in a precise order. And even with that, I want to make sure the order that I give you is right. I want to make sure it's easy to be accepted by you. I want to make sure it makes sense. That's why I try to keep it as simple a child can even understand. But a lot of times what most people miss whenever I put in those videos from The Matrix, I talked about, or the video itself showed the young boy bending the spoon and he spoke to Keanu and, or Neo. And he said, don't try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. You must first understand that it's you that's bending. Whenever I give you something, I'm talking about federal law, the supreme law of the land. I'm talking about federal application, the application of the land. I'm not talking about statutes, codes, and ordinance because there is no spoon. I'm not talking about state issues because there is no spoon. I'm not talking about the things which we have been led to believe because there is no spoon. You are the one that have to bend. Your mind has to be reconstructed because it's been built up with a bunch of falsehoods that you have been reinforced to believe through TV, through radio, and through application. Because nobody's watching my channel that has not been affected by police in one way or another. There are police officers that watch my channel that have been affected by someone that has fought back in one way or another. There are attorneys that have dealt with people that were fighting back because of their interaction with people. Again, it's an ongoing cycle, but nobody is here because I sound good. Nobody's here because I look good. Nobody's here because I'm a nice guy. Nobody's here because I have the cleanest background of anybody on the planet. People are here because I'm allowing or making available the ability for you to see what's actually in front of you and showing you that you can bend. Because all of us have something inside of us that says, hold on, that's not right. But we don't know how to act on it. That's why I have this platform. That's why I'm looking for expansion. Those are the things why I'm asking for the donation. Those are the things why I'm looking at setting up different platforms. Those are the things that why I'm looking at Supreme Decisions for the record, setting up a sitcom. I come up with these series, 100 Days of Supreme. I come up with the podcast, the Legal Minute podcast, which is an hour long, so it makes that title redundant as hell. <laughs> but... What I want you to understand is I'm doing it because that's what we need. I'm doing it because that's where we're headed. Because at some point, we all have to determine if we are going to continue being sheep, being led to slaughter, or are we going to stand on our own and do things like stand our ground? Are we going to defend our homes? Are we going to defend our properties? Are we going to defend our families? Because that's what these amendments are for. That's what the Bill of Rights is for. That's what the application of federal law is for. That's why it's a book of restrictions, not a book of rights. The Constitution has nothing to do with rights. It has everything to do with government restrictions. This is what the government cannot do. Why? Because the people are the masters of the land. And even, I looked at a federal subpoena the other day and I, I cracked up laughing because I looked at, uh, I was going through some old cases. And a Memphis judge had an issue with a um, motion that was filed by one of the people I was helping. 
because we put the words demand. Put the words demand, he had an issue with it. Demand. So the response was demand, command, or request, compel. All of them mean the exact same thing in law. And as a judge, the funny thing was he didn't know that. He didn't know that. He's a judge in Memphis. Did not know demand was the exact same thing. If I file any motion and it requires you to do something, it is a demand. Even one of the great things about helping people, because I've learned my lesson. I, 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 it, it's kind of being reinforced again. Because I go out and I look to help people as much as I can. But most people don't understand the simple fact that I talk about easily every case, regardless of what it is, you have to put in 100 man hours. That's the, that's the minimum requirement for any case, 100 man hours. 100 man hours, two and a half weeks. Now, at minimum wage, that's a little bit more than what? 800 bucks, give or take. So now I look at people whenever I decide to help you with your case. I don't look at it as your case. I look at it as I'm the defendant. I'm the person that's in your shoes. What would I do? So I take it as it's mine. So there are some times that I'm not going to be on time. Matter of fact, there's a lot of times I'm not going to be on time. Because the one thing I'm not going to do is make a mistake with something that belongs to me. But I play this like chess, not checkers. I don't do anything hastily. That's why you don't get garbage-ass podcasts. You don't get garbage videos. Because everything I'm doing, I'm trying to give it to you with substance. And if I'm filing a motion or I help you with your case, I see something and I'm positioning you for the win. Because I don't lose. I don't get up to lose. Who wakes up and say, you know what, I might lose today. No, I don't get up to lose. I get up to put you in the best position to win. That's why I have these videos. That's why these podcasts are made available. That's why these podcasts are going an hour now. Because I want you to understand, I'm putting this out because I want you to win. Right now, when I, I accept your case, I accept your the to help you for the most part. If I accept to help you and guide you and kind of steer you in something, it's because... I see how we're going to win as a team. We're teammates. We got the same jersey on. Now, I've actually had people where I've spent literally more than 100 hours on their case. And because they didn't like the amount of time that was taken, they wanted their money back. So cool, I'll give you donations back. Not a big deal. But, you know, you can't call me any time, any other time for help. Because if things don't, if you want fast, go to a fast food place. If you want fast, go to LegalZoom.com. Go somewhere where they're going to give you the cookie cutter that doesn't win. Go somewhere where they're not going to offer you guidance. Go somewhere where they're, they're just going to sit up there and say, all right, here you go, buy this system. Now get the hell away from me. Go somewhere where these people have not won. That's who you deal with. And I've even run across people that I was helping. And one of the things I was doing was maneuvering them to a position of winning. And I actually did an argument or pretty much set something out. While the state courts are bound, such as Cooper v. Aaron and Hallett v. Rose, They're bound by Supreme Court decisions and federal law that supersede them and the Selective Incorporation Doctrine. They're bound by these decisions. However, you are the master in the courtroom. You are the one that everybody took an oath to basically work towards your benefit. So you decide the jurisdiction. Most people have no clue that's what it is. They'll do a special appearance and all this other stuff, but they haven't done the first three steps, and then they're like, oh, the judge is ignoring me. They're putting in pleas. That's because you're missing steps. You're trying to do it instantly. 
there's a process to this. It's a reason why the process isn't broadcast across everybody because they don't want a level playing field. And if you don't understand how the game is played, if you don't know the rules, how are you going to play? That's why I'm here. Because I'm offering you an opportunity to know the rules. That's why I tell you, don't fight a federal case in state court because you're playing by state rules. That's why I tell you, whenever I have an issue with a child, I don't go to the child's sibling. I go to their parents. If I have an issue that's in state court, I don't stay in state court because I'm not talking to a child about a child. I'm going to their parents. We're going to federal court. Why? Because that's the only place law stands. And they will fight you tooth and nail not to go to federal court. The first thing the nature of the beast does is file their 12B6. And I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of you guys that can kind of kind of say, yes, yes, you're right. Yep, that's exactly what happened to me. You know why? Because nature of the beast. I always tell you, nature of the beast doesn't change just the players. But what happens is they use that as something to kind of flush out, make you show your hand because, again, nobody knows how to answer a damn question. Everybody wants to tell their side. Nobody gives a fuck about your side. I'm sorry to tell you that, but nobody cares. I say it often, but people still want to do it. Nobody cares. I, I read a motion from an attorney um, in the R. Kelly case. It was the young lady who wanted their bail back. And I actually read the motion that he offered to the judge. And the entire motion itself was not set up in law. It was about this young lady telling her side because R. Kelly could not get out of jail. That was one. And then two, he had, excuse me, he had been arrested in another jurisdiction for not going to court. So now in this jurisdiction, she wanted her, her money back because he couldn't get out of jail. The problem is the judge got tired of hearing her side. He got tired of hearing her opinion because that didn't matter. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared that he jumped bail over it because it doesn't matter. It's not here or there. Nobody cared that he had other cases going on. Why? Because it didn't matter. It's neither here nor there. You know what mattered? She had legal grounds to get her money back. However, she didn't use them. She didn't exercise them. So even this attorney that was arguing on her behalf argued her opinion, her viewpoints, her side. And the judge flat out told him, all right, let's keep it simple. You got to go talk to R. Kelly. You got to go talk to Robert. I ain't, we ain't even going to do this. Because if you want to make an emotional side argument, that has nothing to do with the court. And that's what happens with a lot of us when we're doing these motions, when we're filing these pleas, when we're doing these affidavits. You're showing your hand. You want to tell your side, and nobody gives a shit. Why? Because it has nothing to do with law. Yeah, I said it. Get mad. Do what you do. Turn it off. Don't give a shit. Because it does not change the fact that it, your side has nothing to do with law. The only thing people care about is what was the infraction, when did it occur, who violated, and what are you looking for in remedy from those actions. That's it. Because if I'm pulled over in a traffic stop and a cop snatches me out of the car and then he throws me down to the ground and then he searches my car, do I need to put all of that into my argument because my side will take up three pages or do I put in there officers Johnson performed a stop did not articulate a crime which is one issue secondly performed an illegal search by forcefully removing me from my conveyance that's a second issue then searching my conveyance without consent, that's a third issue. Then we go and do these things called warrant applications. We have scene views. We also have their affidavits or police reports. And guess what they can't do? They can't argue against themselves. Because everything has to match up. And the problem is they've been doing wrong so long. 
it's not going to match up. And the reason why it's not going to match up is because they're not performing or acting in law. They're acting on habit. They're acting on policy. They're acting on belief. Those are things that don't belong in law. Why? Because those things can be changed. They can be found to be wrong. Why? Because they're not written. Why? Because there are no decisions. Why? Because they're not the supreme law of the land. Which is, again, why I told you I've made mistakes. I actually put it in my last video. But it doesn't change the law. It does not change from state to state. Statutes, codes, and ordinances change from state to state to county to county. Law is U.S.-wide. Because the state didn't give you rights. The state can't take rights away from you. Understanding that. Because even, I'm going to do a video regarding a conversation that I had where a young man talked about, oh, well, yes, the police can stop you, and that's the probable cause, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they can't stop you. That's the only thing that you sign away whenever you sign for a license. But at the end of the day, they have to have probable cause to have a conversation with you. They have to have other things that go along with just that stop. Why? Because the traffic infractions are safety issues. Because if you're driving with no lights, guess what? That's a safety issue. While you're responsible to do whatever it is that you want to do with yourself, you are not okay to damage or injure anyone else's property or person. That's why they're there. That's why those traffic infractions are there. Because, just like I said, jaywalking is not a crime. But they want to attach your liberty to something whenever you don't want to pay them revenue. Which we know is illegal. It's racketeering. And trust me, I know because they charged me with it, so I had to learn it. And this is one of those things where we have to make those decisions to fight back. And as we're doing this, one of the things that I love, because anybody that knows me, I'm, I'm an arrogant asshole. I get it. I appreciate it. I love it. But one of my favorite shows, or one of my favorite movies, is The Avengers. Not the first one, but the second one. And it's the Age of Ultron. But the Age of Ultron is the first time we saw Jarvis in quote-unquote a human form. And Jarvis spoke about something that was amazing to me because it applies to everything we do in life. And Jarvis stated, our very strength invites challenge. We have an adversarial system. The moment we feel that we are being pushed and we push back, it invites them to challenge us. It invites them to challenge us mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, economically, because they want to see how deep it is you're willing to go to fight, how much of a monster you're willing to become to beat a monster. Because I even spoke about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was probably the greatest movie scene that I've ever seen because it had one meaning. Because when I did the video and I spoke about the thing that we fear the most is not our darkness, but our light. Wonder Woman thought her lasso was her light. She thought that her lasso was the weapon to be used against this quote-unquote God that was destroying everything. And this dude laughed at her. He looks at Wonder Woman and says, You fool. You are the weapon that was formed against me. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. Because if it's a lot of us that go out, because even whenever I put up the numbers about 30 million drivers, 2 million um, citations per month, and only, I think it's less than 100,000 that actually fight back and win. You fool. You are the weapon that was formed against the monster. And one of the things my dad told me, because he and I, 
didn't see eye to eye for a long time. However, he dropped a lot of jewels on me throughout the years. And one of the things about it was his little angry ass said to me one day, there's two things that you're going to spend your entire life. He said, ignorance is the most expensive thing that you will carry with you throughout your life. Because if you're ignorant of something, you're going to pay for it with either time or money. Or in a lot of cases, both. Because if you're ignorant of the law, they're either going to take your time, which is your liberty from you, or it's going to cost you money. Or in a lot of cases, both. It's going to cost you money and time. Just ask Wesley Snipes. He was ignorant of certain certain little stuff, but it cost him time and money. You look at all these other little people that were being put in positions. You know, we don't even have to go to celebrities. We can actually look at people that are being false, falsely accused of something. They got to spend money and spend time traveling to these places. They got to spend money sitting up here fighting these district attorneys in cases that shouldn't even be cases because there are no victims and then we talk about this bullshit prison reform law that only affects what 230,000 people that are in federal prison and only actually affects 8,000 of those people so we're talking about a prison reform bill that actually only affects like 1% less than 1% of the people that are actually incarcerated because we have 2.1 million people that are incarcerated and this bill technically only helps 8,000. 2.1 million that's incarcerated, it helps 8,000 when we have 800,000, 10 times as many people that are sitting in jail because they can't afford bail. They've lost their liberty because they can't afford bail. And 90% of those people are in there for traffic infractions and nonviolent crimes. I'm going to say that one more time. Traffic infractions and nonviolent crimes, they're sitting in jails. 800,000 people. But we have a prison reform bill that somebody wants credit for that only helps 8,000. There's 30, 300 million counted Americans. 300 million that are counted. That does not include homeless. Because I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that, but I'm going to rant on this real quick too. But I actually had a friend of mine. He looked at the homeless only being in places where the Democrats are in power. Yeah, they only have a homeless po population in that place because it's Democrats. Oh, them people are out there on the street because they out there on drugs. Drugs got them down there. And the craziest part about that is I was homeless. I was homeless back in 2000. I wasn't on drugs. Wasn't drinking. Still don't do drugs or drink. And I was homeless. I actually changed it. I was houseless. Because the six months I spent on the street it was mostly because of choice. Because my pride kept me out there. Am I going to say it was somebody else's fault that I ended up there? Hell no. It was mine. It was 100% my decision. It was bad choices. Now, does a bad choice deserve to have a mother and a child out on the street? Nope. Does it deserve to have a father and child out on the street? Nope. Does it deserve to have one of our veterans out on the street? No. No, not at all. But then we'll look at these people and we'll step over those people. Why? Because that's an inconvenience. Oh, I'm so sick of these people begging, blah, 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 blah. I'm so sick of these people being hungry. Let's start off with that. I'm sick of these people being hungry. I've literally watched a mother with four children being forced out of a situation where her family because of the man she chose to be with, was beating her 
and she needed a way out with her three kids. Her family was like, nope, you can't come here. But it's either stay there and possibly lose your life or get out. She made a choice to get out. I made a choice not to allow her to stay on the street. Because, again, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Now, granted, I'm pretty sure this woman had signed early on that this situation was the way it was. And she made a decision based on what she saw early on. I get it. Was it a bad decision? Yes. But does she deserve to be on the street with her and her children? I'm going to let you decide that. Would you, is it okay? Is it okay that someone sacrificed their life overseas in harm's way? Absolute danger. Without thought of harm, loss, liberty, any of this stuff, they're, they're pretty much off to the wayside. Is it okay that they now come home to a company, country, that gave their life for, literally, and now they have no place to go for help. Is that okay? I'm going to let you decide that. Because like I said, today, today I don't have a lot of direction with the shit that I'm doing today. Because it's mostly a rant. That's why the title is Supreme Rant. Because sometimes it's just getting stuff out. These are things that are sitting on my chest. These are things that aggravate me. It's the reason why I work for Wounded Warrior. It's the reason why I went down to Sierra Blanca and attempt to help out with these guys that's down there. They're homeless vets that have started working on basically I went down and looked at their living conditions. They they're living in an old hotel and pretty much nothing there works. But they have enough water and electricity. And the craziest thing was I didn't I, just looking at their living conditions I turned around and looked at one of the guys that took me down there, and I told him, I said, dude, y'all are down here living like Vikings. And that's not because they choose to live like that. It's choose, they choose not to be on the street. They are choosing to want to be productive with their life. They're choosing to try to help themselves. But we look at these people, and we'll step over them in the street. We'll tell them we're tired of them begging. But these are the people that gave their life for me to do the things that I'm doing right now. So why in the hell would I actually say, you know what, yeah, damn all that. I'm, you're not worth anything. Why would I look down on them? Because it's because of them that defend the things that I say. They defend the pieces of paper that are, that are being placed out there because they understand it's bigger than them. And for me... The most un-American thing, the most inhumane thing to me is for someone to knowingly, willingly, and condoning the violation of one's human rights. Because I actually had a young man, he went to correct something I said, and I appreciate it. He said, I've never seen a good cop. And I was like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like, that's a horrible thing to say. But he goes on, he goes, because these police officers that you speak of, they work in those exact same departments as these quote-unquote good cops, but they don't correct their behaviors. They condone their actions. They allow them to keep doing the things that they're doing knowingly, knowing they're hurting society, knowing they're hurting public relations, knowing they're putting everyone's life in danger. By doing so. They know it. Just like the cop. I'm actually going to do a video of that. Where. One of his. Subordinates. He tells the guy. Hey. Hey man. Just calm down. It ain't that serious. Just calm down. He goes and tackles a young man. That's not even. A part of the investigation. He then charges the man with obstruction. But when he's corrected. He threatens the officer that corrects him. Now, the police department, after watching the body cam video and listening to this jackass say the things he said, they released him. 
he doesn't have the protection of the police union. But did that change any of the other things that went on? No. Because, yes, that officer corrected his behavior, but the only reason he was released was because the young man that he attacked, yes, I'm using the words attacked, the young man he attacked filed a federal lawsuit against him in his personal capacity. I say these things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, but a lot of people are still not getting it. Because there are certain aspects that has to be done in order for you to sue them as officer this or that. Sue the city for whatever reason. But you have to have something beyond the personal. You have to have something beyond your opinion. You have to have something beyond your side that nobody gives an absolute shit about. Because... When we're when we're doing this, we're doing this. The one thing that I always ask people is, what's your level of justice? What level of justice do you look for? What do you consider justice? Because what you consider justice may not be what I consider justice. And that's cool. You haven't put your feet in these 14s, and I haven't put mine in yours. So let's keep it rolling. But what is your view? What is it that you want? And that's the one thing that most people have the most difficulty answering. Because they'll shout out a number. Say, okay, what if you don't get that number? What is your level? And they have to sit down and think. Why? Because nobody's ever asked them, what do you want? One of my favorite TV shows lately is New Amsterdam. And that was the first thing he got all of his doctors to say. How can I help you? There's a young lady that works at Payway. I love this little chick. She is like the bubbliest chick I've ever met in my life. She's always happy. She's always smiling. But there was a day that I walked in and she wasn't smiling. And I looked at her and that show came to my mind. And I asked her a question that nobody had ever asked her. What can I do to make you smile today? And just asking the question made her think. It also made her smile. Because no one had ever asked her that. I asked you guys, what do you guys want from me? What can I give you? I hope it's something that makes you smile. I hope it's something that's substance. And I hope you answer me. I really do. I, I want direction on where you want me to go. Because, yes, I do this for money. Yes, I do this because I enjoy it. But I also do this to make sure you guys have everything that you need to be successful at what you're doing. I'm not doing this or giving you any of this just so you can go to court and fill out a 30,000 sheets of paper that have no meaning. I want to give you substance. I want to make sure everything that I'm giving to you can be relayed into something bigger than you. I want to make sure that you're confident when you're walking out the door. I want to make sure your streets are policed in a safe manner. Hell, I even want to make sure the police go home at night safely. I want to make sure they understand their actual jobs. I want to make sure that the attorneys that are prosecuting understand what crime is. I want them to understand what benefits come from actually doing the right thing and being with the right people at the right time in the right moment and understanding what the greater good really is because when we're sitting there and I talked about the monster I talked about the nature of the beast the one thing I didn't talk about was what are you willing to lose how far are you willing to go what are you willing to lose to move forward because very few things that we do in life comes to us without some sort of sacrifice and some sort of cost. What is it you're willing to give up to get? And I'm pretty sure there are a hundred stories that you can think about that that becomes relevant. A hundred stories that will bring to light someone accepting a great loss 
for an even greater gain. Because when we're sitting down and we're asking ourselves, what am I willing to lose? What am I willing to lose to move forward? What sacrifice am I willing to make? Right now in our instant society, our microwave society, nobody's willing to sacrifice. That's why things like loyalty are just tattoos now and great slogans for t-shirts. When we're looking at things that are said like compromise, that's not what we do. We don't, we don't stick it out. We don't, we don't go through anything tough. That's why the divorce rate is so high. Because, oh, I got married for love, but, oh, shit, we actually got a struggle to get somewhere else? Oh, shit, there's a struggle? Oh, it's pushing back? And we forget the most basic of things that we were taught in elementary school. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Understand that. We forget about the struggle. We forget about what sacrifice is because every action we have there's an equal and opposite reaction so whenever I talk about Lil Wayne and he talks about life and he says make that bitch beautiful the seeds that you are sowing they're going to reap it's going to be equal and opposite of every seed that you sow if you sow the seeds of hate you're going to reap the seeds of hate Equally and opposite of what you gave. It's called karma. This is why I tell you a lot of police officers are not afraid of me. They're not afraid of my skin color. They're not afraid of my size. They're afraid of karma. They're afraid of the things that they've done to the last person that looked like me. The last person that was my size. The last person with my educational level. The last person they did something to that was me. That was a reflection of me. That was an idea of me. That's what makes them afraid. Because that bitch ain't beautiful. The seeds that they're sowing are reaping what they have planted. Their action is looking for the equal and opposite reaction. Because our very strength, when we begin to challenge a bully, invites the challenge. When you invite the challenge, when you accept that challenge, when you put your name on that contract, it's time to step in the ring and give them the equal and opposite reaction that they're looking for. Give them the adversary they think you are. Become bigger than you that's what this is because it's a lot of us that are looking at the fear of success i've actually had it for a long time it was the reason i procrastinated because when you have an image or you have an idea what success is or you're experiencing some success people have an expectation people have the idea that you are as good as you think you are. They have that. But the fear of success means you have to keep being that. And one of the things, just like I told John Melvin and during the trial, you attempt to assassinate my character. The problem is I'm not acting. People often come at me, especially these trolls, and they'll pull up something, but they'll pull up half of something. They don't give you all of it, which is cool with me. I don't give a shit. But they're coming out. They're doing the exact same thing that everybody else did. They're doing things to assassinate my character. But the problem is I'm not acting. Now, I'm going to give you the flip side of that. Right? Give you the flip side. Let's, let's go to the other side. Let's say everything that everybody says about me is true. I'm this absolute despicable, horrible person and I got bodies in my closet and ride around with heads in the trunk and I done killed 87,000 people, right? Let's just say all that's true. Let's just say it's true. How does that change any of the videos that I put up? 
How's that changing the Supreme Court decisions that I've given you? How's that changed the application of anything that I've said? It doesn't. So attempting character assassination is stupid. It only gets me more views. It only gets more people that actually want to listen to me. It only gets me to a point of a greater platform. Because I understand that I'm going to have a feast before my enemies. I appreciate that because your boy is hungry. And it shows because here is where I lay my passion out. Here is where I lay my actual being out. I give you a piece of me every time I grab this mic. Every time these fucking video cameras are in front of me, whether it's my phone, the GoPro, my laptop, I don't care what it is, the iPad. Whenever it's in front of me, I'm giving you a piece of me. Every time you hear my voice, I'm giving you a piece of me. Because one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people is Deontay Wilder. I love Deontay. Deontay is not conventional by any means. Deontay is not a good boxer. He punches hard. He knows that. That's it. Doesn't try to go out there and dance, which he goes out there to knock you the hell out every time he sends somebody standing in front of him. Why? Because he's not there to boxing. He's not there to box. He's there to knock you the hell out. Why? Because that's what he gets paid for. That's what he's known for. But the one thing that I love about Deontay is the fact that he tells people, I don't play boxing. I'm a boxer. I don't play boxing. I go out there to hurt people. My job is to hurt someone. My job is to go out and teach you how to win. My job, if I decide to sign a contract and step into the ring, is to go in and win. Period. Don't give a shit how it's done. My job is to get the W. I don't play law. Law is precise. Law is precise words used precisely with precise meaning and a precise application. And I am surgical with this bitch. These are the things that I'm giving you. This is what I do. I don't give a shit if you like it. I don't give a shit if you don't like it. But sit down and look at it because it's the best thing going today. And yes, that's Ric Flair for my old heads. Because the one thing about Ric, whether you liked him or you didn't like him, he was the best thing going. Because it wasn't about going down and winning every fight. It was about being prepared to win. It was about being prepared to fight. It was the understanding that the fight didn't stop just because this happened. Just because I got a hiccup doesn't mean I'm still not champion. When you talk about making sure this bitch is beautiful, it's understanding that I don't need to get into a police officer's face to... Make sure he understands what I'm saying. Because if he don't, don't worry about it. Just don't talk to me. I don't have to go out and fight a case every month to show you that what I'm saying is legit. I've already done that. Because damn all the other stuff that's going on. Damn all the intricacies. The one that you can hang your hat on is a pro se Rico case. Is racketeering influence corrupt organizations? Did it pro se? Did it first chair? Did it in state court? And I won. None of those matters. Because I went to the boogeyman house. I played on the boogeyman's turf. I played in the boogeyman's rules. And I beat him at his own game. The problem that most people have with that is that that's unheard of. I didn't do it by filing a bunch of affidavits. I didn't do it going about it with a bunch of things that I've washed off the internet. No. 
I did it by using Cornell Law. I did it by using Harvard Law Review. I did it by Yale Law Journal. I did it by Delaware Law Review. I did it by UC Berkeley Law Review. Why? Because it's free. I sat down in courtrooms. I listened to arguments. I watched behaviors. I had conversations with judges. Why? Because I'm not too old. I planted the seeds of being better because I wanted to be better. I watched those that did it at a high level and I mimicked them. Because at the end of the day, whenever I was playing basketball, one of the things that was important that everybody spoke about was watching tape because you have to know your opponent better than they know. You have to know their mannerisms. You have to know their habits. You have to know all this stuff. Why? Because it puts you in a better position to win. And if you're in a position to win, you're in a position of effectiveness. You're in a position of power. That's why I give you this. That's why I ask for donations. That's why I don't just throw things at you. That's why I haven't put out a system. Because a system doesn't benefit you. A system doesn't tell you how to stand up in court. A system doesn't give you a call and check on the results. A system doesn't even answer the phone. But you can call me. You can shoot me an email. You can also get in touch with me. Now, I, I again, I admit I ain't fast. I'm, I've stopped being in a hurry a long time ago. Because right now I'm I'm the old, I'm part of the old bull and uh, I'm not even gonna get into the vulgarity of that story, but you know as many of y'all understand that, you know the young bull and the old bull. I was a young bull once. Right now I'm an old bull. I understand what what's needed. I don't need to be in a hurry to do it. Because if I'm if I'm in a hurry, mistakes happen. If I give you a microwave solution might not work for what you had because I'm pretty sure you guys have already microwaved up some things and saw that they weren't quite right. They were fast, but they weren't right. And I'd rather give you right instead of fast. I'd rather make sure you come from a position of power than a position of money. Because at the end of the day, what I'm giving you is me. There's going to be a lot of people that stand up and they're sitting across from someone. But the advantage you're going to have is they don't have me. You have me. You're going to be able to look those people in the eye and know that by no means are they better than you. By no means do you owe them anything. And by absolutely no means will they beat you. Unless they steal it from you. And you're going to take away that option by taking it to the one place they don't want to go. And that's to the place of law. You want to make sure they understand that what you're doing is not only lawful, but the way they should do it. And I'm going to end today because I gave you guys your hour. Yes, today did not have a whole bunch of direction. But I'm going to say it again. While you're planting your seeds, make sure that bitch is beautiful because there is an equal and opposite reaction for each one of your actions. Whenever they respond to you, you respond to them. Whenever you initiate an action, be prepared to fight. Because a fight is coming. And today, I appreciate every one of you guys. Because like I said, I've listened to the original podcast and it was garbage. I've watched the original videos and watched how they progress. I want to continue going to where we have an actual studio. I want to set up at some point an actual learning center. 
where we're able to not only free this person or that person, but we're able to house some people. Able to feed some people. Get them off the street. Make sure their bellies are full. Make sure they're a part of the working class. Make sure they have something to look forward to every day. Because the one thing I have to look forward to is the one thing that's been brightening my eyes for the last 21 years. And as it evolves every day, I've grown to appreciate the things around me more and more. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate, you know, followers like Inner Beauty, Dee Dee, Bay Area, Leonard. You know, I mean, I can just, I can go on and on and on and on. And, like, I really appreciate you guys because you guys are the reason why we are where we are. And if I didn't say your name, you know, Mike, Mike G, Noel, um, Andrea, Adina, like, again, I could go on and on. And if I didn't say your name, please forgive me. Because, like I said, you guys are the reason we're here. You're the reason why we're growing. You're the reason why we're getting better. And the guys that are viewing, and you know what? I, I just appreciate it because what I once thought this was going to be, it is evolving into something else. And it's the something else that makes the greatest difference for us all. So keep your donations coming. Apple Pay, Venmo, Google Wallet, Cash App. And when we go live, hit that super chat. I appreciate you guys. And if you got any show suggestions, let's keep it a buck. Put it in the comments. If you want to sponsor a show, you guys know it's a hundo. And you're not limited to a hundo. You know, you can send more. Because, again, Cash App is welcome. I have unlimited receipts <laughs> for that. So if you want to send a thousand, two thousand, I appreciate it. It's gonna be put to good use. But at the end of the day, I love all you guys. I appreciate all you guys, and I thank you for listening today. And as we go, let me know what can I do to make you happy today. Until next time. I'm going to show you how great I am.